49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans is the 49ers defensive coordinator no more. He's now the head coach of the Houston Texans. Who might he take with him from the 49ers organization, coaches, and players? Also, how much blame does Kyle Shanahan deserve in all of this, the way the season went down, the way the season ended against the Philadelphia Eagles? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you. As always, at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, in the game, Ultimate Football GM. And, of course, this being oh, Tuesday evening, if you're watching us on YouTube as it premieres. But for most of you, driving to work Wednesday morning, another Winky Wednesday episode with today's guest. Winkler, come on down. Wow. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Can't believe it. What's up, Wink? How you doing, my man? Uh, I, I know the season ended before you would have liked it to. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle and, and maybe any of the blame, if any, should be on his shoulders for the way that Brock Purdy went out, the way that they, they couldn't muster any sort of um, a, a a wildcat offense or anything in this football game. I've seen a lot of blame, a lot of frustrated fans, you know, throwing ideas around. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on how the season ended and, and what you thought of that 49ers and Eagles football game. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough one to watch. I mean, you know, early on with the the catch, no catch, you know, and, and so that you're like, Oh, they scored. So you kind of, you get that gut punch feeling, right. Where you're like, Oh, okay, it's fine. It's early. And then six snaps in, Purdy goes down. It's like, oh, now, now it's like a knee to the crotch or something, right? Like, it just keeps getting worse, the feeling yeah. in your stomach. And then this disappointment starts to set in when Josh Johnson goes down. And it's just like, oh, this is how this incredible season is going to end. Like, okay, all right. And like, the biggest thing I miss is is not having the ability to, to share a huge moment with my kids, right? So we all have our story of when we became 49er fans. Mine is Super Bowl twenty three. Sitting on my dad's lap, John Taylor back of the end zone. We won, we won. It's like, yeah, we did. Like, here we go. This is it. And like, you know, my, my kids are watching the game with me. And after a little while, my son just starts going, they're not going to win, dad. They're not going to. I'm like, I know, buddy. I know. <laughs> so there's just that whole aspect of it that that you miss out on as a fan that that you get frustrated about. That makes you sad inside because, you know, they've gone on such a run, 12 wins in a row. Like, it's been so incredible. And it, for, to end like that just feels really unfulfilling right really unsatisfying like if you go out and it's a, a battle to the end and you lose by a field goal it's like all right okay that was they were the better team today but it's like you have no idea who the better team really was because the, the Niners just got like their arm literally just removed from the game six snaps in and it's it's just it's it's hard to swallow as a 49er fan I, I get that and you, you want to make sure your kids don't like all of a sudden show up and go hey you know what the Eagles are pretty good maybe I should be a fan yeah, of the right? Eagles right <laughs> can you get me an eagles hat like, <laughs> yeah no he's like jalen hurts is my favorite player he's like, <laughs> hassan reddick my favorite player 
He's amazing. Right. I just handed them both tablets after a little while. I'm like, guys, play your games. You don't want to watch this. Croc, how did it turn out that you and your brother like different football teams? Uh, we have an Uncle Tracy that we both look up to, and he's the one that kind of taught us the game of football. My uncle happens to be a Cowboy fan. Okay. So I'm assuming that's how my brother became a Cowboy fan, uh, trying to be like Uncle Tracy. Mm. So that's funny. me, that's I, funny when story. I was five years old, I asked my mom, who's your favorite team? I was a mama's boy. You know, and I'm, mom, who's your favorite football team? She said 49ers. I'm like, all right, I'm a 49er fan. So that's well, kind of how I got my team. Yeah, locked now, in for life at that point. I, I am a Laker fan because of because of that same uncle, though. I was watching, they're watching basketball, NBA was on. I'm like, who's your favorite team? And he said, oh, man, the Lakers. And that's how I became a Laker fan. Now he's a Warrior fan somehow. He doesn't remember that Laker conversation, but. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Uncle Tracy had some terrible taste in teams back in the day, but uh, at least he came around the Warriors. <laughs> Funny about the Cowboys fan, I was actually at Costco yesterday. And, you know, I, I rock my colors year-round, right? Especially after a loss. Like, I'm not going go to go hide and be like, yeah. yeah, you have to. You have to. So I'm wearing it. And and the, the checker is actually talking trash to another guy. He's like, hey, what happened to those 49ers yesterday? What a game, huh? blah, blah, blah. And so he looks up and he sees my hat. And I was just like, let me guess, uh, Seahawks fan? He's like, Cowboys fan. I was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I just gave him that look like. Yeah, we, we still beat you. Like you, you, can, you can be as happy as you want today, but look a week ago. All right, guys. How much blame does Kyle Shanahan deserve in all of this? And, you know, we've talked a lot of coaches today. Kyle Shanahan has lost one of his top lieutenants and defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. We'll get to that next. He's now going to the Houston Texans and, and who might potentially go along with him, kind of look at some of the assistant coaches with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, there was an interesting – a lot of takes. There was a lot of takes, right? First of all, how can you block Hassan Reddick with a tight end, right? And and that's what knocked your quarterback out. And how could you not, after that, maybe change up some of the, your schemes and the way you're, you're blocking things up because Hassan Reddick's killing you over there. And there was another play right after that when Josh Johnson got in the game and, and Hassan Reddick hit Josh Johnson because they, they were um, they were bringing George Kittle from the opposite side of the formation to come and, and, uh, and kick out Hassan Reddick. And he missed the block. And Hassan Reddick got in there and he's just, you know, wreaking havoc on the 49ers. Um, and then Joe Thomas, who once played for offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, who was in Brown's offense, uh, you know, uh, Joe Thomas, one of the great offensive linemen uh, in our time in the NFL, he had this to say about it. He said, All the people criticizing Kyle Shanahan for blocking Hassan Reddick with their tight end need to be criticizing any team that runs effective play action passing all season long. You can't have it both ways. You either Always put your OL on the best pass rushers, and then your play action never looks like run, or and you never get that advantage. Or you pick and choose your opportunities to run play action for huge chunk plays, and you remain one of the best offenses in the NFL. There's a reason Kyle Shanahan disciples running his offenses are taking over the league. It's because it works. Not every time, but that is the basics of running outside zone and play action pass. You have to count on your tight ends and running backs to occasionally block good pass rushers. And your quarterback just understands where the strengths and weaknesses in the protection are and where he can slide and move in the pocket to buy time for downhill throws. So not only does Joe Thomas say, don't blame Kyle Shanahan for any of this, sounds to me like he's kind of putting blame on Brock Purdy for not getting the ball out in time or not stepping up in the pocket and not mm -hmm. and basically putting the sack on Brock. What are your, what are your thoughts there, guys? 
there were a lot of people that said he, he could step up. And when you look at a freeze frame of it, it looks like he potentially can. And it's mm-hmm. tough. I, I think he just, when he got back there and it's a deep drop, and he looks and he says, oh, man, Ayuk has a couple steps. And if I can hit him downfield, he can turn up field and score. And he, and he just, all right, I'm going to let it rip. I'm not going to take a hitch and step up and throw it. And maybe you could, you know, criticize Purdy for not feeling that pressure and understanding, hey, there is this guy coming from your blind side that – or it's actually the front side, but he's looking left, uh, that you should be able to feel that. And it's hard. It's hard to criticize anybody. I did in the moment say, hey, Kyle, uh, it's probably not a good idea we'll to that. block or idea to block Hassan Reddick, who had, what, 18 sacks this year with a tight end not named George Kittle. Now, Kittle misses, whatever, but we've known Kittle to really be a good uh, pass blocker or a pass protector, run blocker. So I'll take my chances with that. Uh, but I do get what he's saying in the sense of just kind of the run scheme because I talk about this play all the time about Brandon Ayuk and him blocking Michael Parsons on the edge and it leading to a touchdown. So when he says you can't have it both ways, I get it. I can't be excited about Brandon Ayuk right. blocking Michael Parsons and sealing them off and them running to that side and scoring if I want to complain about plays like this. So. Well done, yeah, I get it too, Croc, because, you know, a lot of people in the moment are just like, what is that? What is happening? And there was a lot of that throughout the day on Twitter and a lot of people having to go back and be like, oh, sorry. You know, I, I got I got a little excited over there because that's that's what happens. Right. And when you re- and, and at the end of the day, a lot of people are looking for excuses, right, looking for the reason why the 49ers lost and they want to put blame on someone. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan's the, the easy target because he's the head coach. But what Joe Thomas said, too, is, is like. You, you've been running this all season. Like, you have one of the best offenses in the NFL. Like, it's worked all year, and then it didn't work in this game, and it got your quarterback hurt. And now you can't all of a sudden, like you said, have it both ways. Like, you you have to either enjoy what Kyle Shanahan does and love it and trust it, and we have all season long. And it probably was a bit of a rookie moment for Purdy where he could have stepped up, where he was so locked in to what Ayuk was doing that he didn't see what was happening over here. He You know, he got pushed back, and if he steps up and he delivers it, you know, it's a different world that we're living in right now. So it's it's really hard to, to put this on Kyle because this is this is his offense. Everybody knows how to run it, and that's why they're on the field. And it was just a he missed the block. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, this is this is the scheme. This is something that's not new. Um, if it was a situation where they had been running it and and Hassan Reddick was killing them, and then you don't mm-hmm. adjust, then that's one thing. But this was right. the first time in the game, you know. And so I would blame him more for the second time when Josh Johnson's getting hit that, you know, you didn't make me try to change things up and protect your quarterback because, look, his quarterback's getting hurt. And his quarterback's been getting hurt back to RG3, right? This is like – this is a thing. And and mm-hmm. if you roll the dice like that, then your quarterbacks might get hurt. Is it worth it in the end? Kyle Shanahan thinks it is. Um, but it is, it's something to look at, but I don't think you can point at Kyle Shanahan. I think it's really funny that remember when the 49ers got blown out by the chiefs in week seven, and there was a, there was a strong little, uh, uprising of fans that were like, you know, maybe Kyle Shanahan isn't built for this. The 49ers are sub 500. He's sub 500 for his 49ers career. Maybe, maybe Kyle Shanahan is not the guy should fire, fire Kyle Shanahan. Niners rip off 12 straight wins, right? The first time they lose the game again, oh, we better fire. We got to fire Kyle Shanahan. Now, you know? <laughs> it's infuriating, man. I, and I understand, and he's still passionate. The fans are, but I think he's got to calm down. Realize you got one of the better coaches in the NFL, and, and maybe there's some tweaks that can happen. And, and I think Kyle Shanahan is maybe slow to tweak some things sometimes, and and he's got his own way of doing things. But to me, I would credit the other side 
mm-hmm. and I would credit Hassan Reddick for not caring if you're, you know, he's like, I, we know they're going to run play action. Guess what? I'm going after the quarterback every single time. And I think that's part right. of why maybe teams can run on the Eagles a little bit because they're hunting for the quarterback. And it's like, okay, if you're running back, if I miss the running back, that's okay. I'm going for the quarterback. And so uh, I, I would say if, if you could say maybe that they got out coached, you know, not throwing the, not throwing the, the flag or calling a timeout after the Devonte Smith catch Sirianni doing a really good job of coaching up his guys, throwing the flags at the right time and challenging the right plays. You know, you could argue that he got out coached in that game potentially, but saying that, but just blaming it on Kyle being a bad coach, wanting to fire Kyle Shanahan. It's just, it's just kind of silly and you need to take a step back and, and I was fickle with Kyle Shanahan for utilize Trey Lance. And I think it was a big part of him getting in hurt. I, this time I can't do that. Right. Next, we got to talk to Miko Ryans on his way to the Houston Texans as their next head coach. And Kyle Shanahan's done such a good job of hiring assistant coaches in his NFL career. And he might have to do it again if he loses some more of his assistants to the Houston Texans. Today's episode brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this game and mobile app, and I can't tell you how much fun we had competing against each other here on the Locked On NFL Network with the hosts going up against each other. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers was our Locked On NFL champion. And yeah, they keep score at Ultimate Football GM when you're building your franchise and you collect points as you build this franchise. And now it's your turn to compete. More on that later. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, your dream has come true. And this game is definitely for you. Every aspect of your team, you can manage top to bottom. You are hiring the right coaches and coordinators. We'll see if the Houston Texans got it right with D'Amico. I think they did. Trading for players, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and win you want to and locked on 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in the game store that's locked on so make sure uh, all caps by the way one word all caps locked on in the game store to get that 100% free boost download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today locked on is heading to the senior bowl Get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing. As you can tell, if you're watching us on YouTube, Croc is actually, I don't know if you can tell he's in Mobile, but he's not in his normal uh, studio. He is actually in Mobile, Alabama, checking out some prospects at the Senior Bowl. We'll definitely be picking Croc's brain, if not today, later on in the week here on Locked On 49ers about the prospects he's seeing there and who he might like for the San Francisco 49ers. And subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be sad to see D'Amico Ryans go. He's a really good coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has done such a good job of hiring defensive coordinators, and there's some really nice candidates for the 49ers, but I want to focus on D'Amico Ryans. And, uh, Croc, is there anything with D'Amico Ryans that you saw that, that you really admired about the way he went about his business that makes you think he might be a really good head coach in the NFL? Yeah, they did the like the mic'd up thing from like the practice that the 49ers do during the season or during training camp and just watching his like mannerisms that like his infectious personality it was almost kind of like permeated throughout 
the rest of the roster, especially the linebackers. And you see how Dre Greenlaw plays. I love the way he plays. Hair's on fire. You look at Fred Warner plays, Aziz Al Shayer. And I think all of that is a direct correlation of like what they've gotten from their coach. And that fed out to the rest of this defense. And I think that's kind of hard to replace. Like yeah. someone that like just brings that much out of all of his players. And I think when you looked at the 49ers, and I've talked about how I mean I think defensive line is a little overrated. And you know, you look at it player for player is not as talented, right? We talked about comparing this team to the 2011, 2012, 2013, like that era. And I'm like, mm, player for player is, not, I don't think it's close, but the results are better, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with his ability to teach and coach and how he gets the most out of his guys. So uh, that energy, man, that, that's what's going to be hard to replace. Yeah, it's, it's passion, right? You can tell he loves what he does. He loves his players. He loves. There were a lot of times this year, too, especially early on in the season, where they were extremely banged up, and they just kept rolling along. You know, he kept getting new guys in there, and it was just next man up mentality. And, you know, D'Amico had these guys ready to go, understanding the scheme he wanted to run, knowing what their roles are, what they needed to do each play. And so for me, yes, yeah, his preparedness, it was clearly there. And then biggest one is passion. You can tell he loves you know, being the leader of men. And I think, I think Houston got themselves a winner. I totally agree. Yeah. He, he just looks head coachy. When you yeah. see him on the sideline, you see his demeanor. You're like, I, I, I think I'd probably follow that guy. That's the thing right even, there. Right? Yeah. There's just yeah. like this, this thing about him. And I don't think it's a coincidence. The 49ers are the best linebackers in the NFL. Cause that was his group, right? He was a linebackers coach. Fred Warner talks about his whole time in the NFL. He's been with D'Amico Ryans and credited him so much. And he was like really sad knowing that that was going to be the end with D'Amico Ryans. Cause he knew he's going to get a head coaching job. And we've seen Drake Greenlaw and Aziz Alshair and, and really along the whole defense. Croc talks about the defensive line, the rotational guys there that always fill in and seem to, to outplay what you expect from them, the the secondary as well. The the 49ers have done so well with everybody they plug in. All of a sudden, like, man, this guy's pretty good too. Where are they finding all these guys? Uh, you have to point to coaching, right? Like scouting's part of it. They bring in a lot of good players, but the coaching is the other half of it. And and they've done a really good job. I think Solid did a great job too. Uh and, and D'Amico's style is just maybe a little bit different, but I've seen it even turn up a little bit more with the aggressiveness, especially yeah. with, with the back seven since mm -hmm. D'Amico Ryans was the defensive coordinator because they've always had under Chris Kosarek and, and, and Robert Sala that really attacking defensive front and defensive line. Uh, it's, it's really grown through the entire defense, seeing how aggressive guys like Greenlaw and Hufanga are. And sometimes they make some mistakes because they're so aggressive, but you would never want to take that aggressiveness away from them because they play fast, and that's what makes them so good too. So, um, yeah, I think the 49ers are going to miss. I think the 49ers are going to miss some aspects of D'Amico Ryans for sure. And he absolutely deserves an opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL. And he's going back home to where he started. He was rookie of the year in 2006, two-time Pro Bowler as a linebacker for the Houston Texans. Now he goes back and is the uh, head coach there. Uh, real quick, before we talk about some players and, and coaches that, that D'Amico might take with him to the Houston Texans, Defensive coordinator candidates for the 49ers. It's been widely reported. Vic Fangio uh, has been around the team, and and uh, there's a good relationship there. So Vic Fangio, I think, is the number one guy out there for everybody. Uh, for Sean Payton's been linked to him. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have been linked to him. And there was a report that he actually signed with the Dolphins, and then Vic Fangio actually told Mike Silver, uh, nope, that's not true. That hasn't happened yet. So uh, he was waiting, I think, for this job, at least to talk to the 49ers. So we'll see who ponies up. It might be who ponies up the pocketbook. It might be some other factor where uh, Vic wants to live. The fact that Vic hasn't signed yet 
tells me he was at least waiting to talk to Sean Payton about the, the Broncos job. Now that's official. Sean Payton is the head coach of the Denver Broncos and talk to the 49ers about their job once it's official that D'Amico Ryans is hired. But uh, Steve Wilkes of the Panthers is another name that's out there. The 49ers have requested to speak with Wilkes. So interesting. Those are two really good candidates. I mean, uh, and it sounds more like they're going to go from the outside rather than than have a, somebody from um, internally, you know, uh, getting a raise and getting that job as defensive coordinator. Uh, Croc, any thoughts on the on the candidates for defensive coordinator for the 49ers? I think that was surprising for me to kind of just see that news dropping about Vic Fangio and uh, Wilkes. The 49ers have done a tremendous job. We talk about it all the time, like identifying talent, not just on the field, but the coaching staff as well. And a lot of the guys that have went on to go coach in other places are guys that were directly, like they came with Shanahan in 2017 and they worked their way up, whether it was Robert Sala, who he was a linebacker coach at Jacksonville and uh, quality defensive quality control guy in Seattle, right? Or D'Amico Ryans, who, I mean, he got his first coaching job with the 49ers 2017. So there are guys on the roster, and, we, and I know we're going to get into guys that uh, might, you know, eventually leave uh, with D'Amico Ryans, but, you know, guys like safety's coach Daniel Bullock. He's another guy who's been with this team this entire time, this regime. And to not hear his name, but hear some of the other guys, and nothing wrong with Vic Fangio or any of these other you know, guys. I, I was just surprised that they didn't stay in the house with the initial uh, conversation and interviews. And that's just it. I think they they might still stay in-house, right? I think something we've seen with this John Lynch regime is that you don't hear the chatter, right? If you get you oftentimes you get these like, oh, hey, look at that. That's a surprise. And 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 maybe that's actually what's happening right now. Like these guys are kind of a smoke screen, or at least it, people are putting dots together, right? They're connecting it. They're like, oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. Let me put a story out there. Whereas the 49ers are behind the scenes, just like, actually, we're looking at these two guys from within. You know, you go ahead and run with your story. And something's working. You, you kind of want to keep the same program rolling, too. And you, you don't necessarily mm -hmm. want someone to come in and be like, okay, well, we're going to run this defense now, and everything's right. different. Now our players don't fit and, uh, and you know, play totally different style because you kind of want to stick with what's working. Um, a little bit more on that next, what it could look like under Vic Fangio, who, as we know, as – you know, 49ers people, we've seen him coordinate this defense before, and that was a 3-4 style defense, so a little bit different there. Uh, what that might look like with Vic Fangio and who D'Amico Ryans might take with him to the Houston Texans next. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Super excited about the new sports book partner of the Locked On Podcast Network because it's the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, it's even better. Tons of great uh, ways to bet, so many features that make betting on sports super fun and super easy. You can bet on, of course, the, the point spreads for the NFL. There's only one more game of those to bet on, but a ton of fun Super Bowl props at FanDuel. Money line bets. Who will score the first touchdown? You can build your own parlay, and the website is super easy to use. It's my favorite aspect of FanDuel. You get on there, it is very intuitive, and you can make any bets you want, and it is so easy to use. And if you download FanDuel now, you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's how no sweaty that first bet is. So join FanDuel, FanDuel today 
at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Are you looking for that delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. You know, we've talked about Built Bar for so long here, and I love them. I just had one earlier today when I needed a snack, trying to help eat healthier for the new year. Uh, a lot of people do dry January. I'm about to hit my dry February. That's the way, that's the way I do it. Just It's an old bartender thing. First of all, it's the, the shortest month. Um, but it's four simple weeks, and uh, February is just my really hit it hard and get in shape month. I started a little bit early, but Built Bar's obviously a part of that plan because sometimes you want to reach for the snack and you just have that feeling like I need to eat a little snack or maybe you skip the lunch and you, you just need something and you are satisfied because of all the protein in Built Bars. But it tastes like you're getting a treat, except you're not getting all the fat and all the calories. And the Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And it tastes delicious. There is only 130 calories in most Built Bars, only four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. I don't know how they do it, and I don't know how they pack in all the flavor of uh, you know, peanut butter brownie, churro flavor, coconut almond. It, it's kind of insane and, and pretty amazing what they're able to do at Built. And now you can find them on your store shelves as well, including Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart. Find a four-box of cookies and cream or double chocolate or coconut puffs in the pharmacy section or at Sam's Club. Grab a 13-bar box of all the hit flavors brownie batter and churro included and you can thank us later or of course you can go get yourself a box at built.com croc do you think it's overblown the three four four three thing in this day and age in the nfl with how much bases or how much sub packages are being played because if you're playing nickel you're still gonna have a four down lineman whether you're a three four or a four three and one aspect of potentially a three four that vic fangio might bring to the 49ers is a nose tackle, and I feel like the 49ers need a stinking big old nose tackle that they've been missing, especially it's been especially obvious after DJ Jones moved on. So if Vic Fangio brings with him a, a 350-pound nose tackle, I'm be okay with that, especially what we saw in this game. And the 49ers got beat up front by the Philadelphia Eagles, especially now seeing, you know, going back and rewatching and seeing Kinlaw. I mean, uh, and and shout out to Eric <laughs> Armstead. Shout out to Eric Armstead, by the way. He's a really good teammate and who's kind of defending. Um, on Twitter, defending Kinlaw, and you know, good on him. But it, there, there's some things that couldn't have been couldn't be defended with with what we saw from Javon Kinlaw in this game. Has been you know a major disappointment, mostly because of injuries, but really not a consistent player when he's on the field. And some of those reps were just flat out bad for Kinlaw. So a true nose tackle, and even if that means Eric Armstead, by the way, who I believe was drafted, he played his rookie season under Fangio, didn't he? But he was playing three four defensive end back in those days mm-hmm. in base. And he's darn good at it. Like, that's kind of what he's built for. That was his prototype coming out of the drafts. Like, this is what a five-technique, three-four defensive end looks like. I think Armstead was drafted by Tom Sula. Oh, that was the, the Tom Sula year. So, the year right after Vic yeah. and, uh, and Harbaugh left. Okay, But they still might have been a, a, a three-four defense. Hey, man, if yep. the 49ers, if they can get somebody bigger down there, I would love to see that. Because you talked about Kinlaw. That's a guy who's supposed to be stout, right? Kinlaw's supposed to be that big body guy that you don't move. And maybe we both saw the clip of him just getting pushed 15 yards out of the hole. I'm like, bro, where is he going? Did you, that did was, you see that? He's way too big to have moved that far. Yeah, I, I was yep. blown away when I saw that. I was like, wait, where are you going? It looked like he was uh, 
he was just running off the field or something. Look like yeah. after giving up the snack. He's like, "Where are you going, dude? I'm just, gonna go, I'm just gonna go this way." <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that that was not a good look. But you know, it, even outside of that, uh, three four, yeah, it, it, there is a difference with it. I think some of the like coaches would tell you it's not that much of a difference, but just philosophy, like the the way you would have to you know address your team draft. Now you have four linebackers on the field instead of three. Now, you have some guys that are interchangeable, and that's why they say it's not that much of a difference. So let's say, like, uh, uh, why am I blinking? Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson has done some of both. So all, all you – and Nick Bosa. Like, all it is mm-hmm. is instead of Nick Bosa playing with his hand in the dirt all the time, he's rushing potentially more from a stand-up or every once in a while you might see him drop in the coverage. So you could still use those same guys. You you just stand them up sometimes. It, it so I guess it's not that much of a difference. Probably bit, the biggest difference would be that nose tackle. Because you, you with three down linemen, you get bigger there. But 49ers kind of have that because you have Armstead, who probably would be best suited for a 3-4 defense as a 3-4 end. I think him and uh, DeForest Buckner, they were kind of drafted to be that guy. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then the shift initially from 3-4 to 4-3 made it to where it got a little weird. Like, oh, dang, what do you do with Armstead now? And, and then you have Buckner. And, you know, but traditionally, those guys are 3-4 ends. Yeah, you said the name DJ Jones. You know, I, I was a huge fan of his when he was with the 49ers. It was hard to see him go because you want that big body guy in the middle, right? That's yeah, especially when you see Jalen Hurts up on the line, right? With all his guys around him just trying to push for a first down. You know, like where's the big man that's gonna get in there and, and stop that sort of thing? It's that's a huge play right now in the NFL where everybody gets behind the quarterback and pushes him. And, and maybe the three four can counter something like that. Yep. Taking on that double team is important because it frees mm-hmm. up a Freeze up a linebacker, freeze up an extra player for your defense if you got a guy that can take on two blocks and not and not give ground. And, and I think another thing that Vic Fangio has brought to the NFL, and to be honest with you, you know what's funny? Is if the 49ers have Kyle Shanahan and Vic Fangio as their play callers on both sides of the ball, I think those are the two most common trees now in the NFL is Fangio defenses and Shanahan style offenses. And they've got the the trunk of both of those trees. You know what I mean? It's like uh Brandon Staley and um Gannon in Philly and um, I'm pretty sure Gannon in Philly and um, Evero, the guy, the the uh, he might get an interview for the 49ers, by the way, the defensive coordinator for the Broncos last year. He might stick with the Broncos too. Uh, I, he was, you know, under Fangio. Like Fangio's got a pretty darn big and extensive defensive tree in the NFL. And, and a lot of teams, even that aren't Fangio guys, a lot of teams are going to more cover force type coverage. And and that's another thing that, that Fangio would bring in. And the 49ers even started doing a lot more of that stuff too and getting away from what they're, you know, they're, sort of cover three base was so uh interesting um with with what that could be for the 49ers defense and he's just a really good coordinator and uh, i don't think the 49ers could go wrong with fangio don't think they could go wrong with steve wilkes don't think they could go wrong who by the way who got a raw job i think with the with the panthers agreed Uh, and or or who they hire who the panthers end up hiring right they went Frank Wright. Frank Wright. They, they were pretty clearly going for the offensive side of the ball, I think, just because their defense was better and they need to figure out the quarterback thing. So they went with the next quarterback and next quarterback coach. I think that was probably the biggest reason. Um, but with the 49ers, yeah. I mean, Fangio probably got to be the number one target just because he's he's that dude. And and to have the you know the Fangio tree and the Shanahan tree and have the actual Fangio and Shanahan as your coaches. I mean, that's and a guy that's not going to go get a head coach job next year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think Fangio's kind of done with that flirting with the head coach thing. He's like, he's a def- defensive coordinator for life now. 
Uh, looking ahead at who the 49ers might lose, I think of free agents, you know, Jimmy G is key. You know, he could for sure be somebody that the Houston Texans sign. I would point to, I would be shocked to be in. Uh, I would bet my mortgage that Aziz Alshair is a Houston Texan, right? He's a free agent linebacker. 49ers already paid Fred Warner. Then last year paid Drake Greenlaw. I, I just don't mm-hmm. think in free agency they're going to have the money to be able to pay a third linebacker when you don't even have a third linebacker on the field uh, full-time in the NFL. So, um, and gosh, and I, I, I to be honest with you, I might I, I kind of like Alshair maybe even a little bit more than Greenlaw. And I like Greenlaw a lot, too. Ooh. But I like Aziz Alshair. I, I really like his style of play, and I think he would be a, a nice fit just to plug in there for the Houston Texans. So I'd be shocked if he doesn't go. And and Jimmy Ward, those are the first three free agents right off the bat. Uh, I would not be shocked at all if the Houston Texans and, of course, you know, Daniel Ryans wanted to bring in to, to run his defense. You know, you you, you bring in somebody on, on every level of, of your defense to to implement your scheme. You Croc, real quick, you mentioned uh, Daniel Bullocks. I think he's somebody that yeah. – could definitely go with D'Amico Ryans. He's currently the safeties coach for the 49ers. And looking at – because I don't think Kyle's going to let a lot of guys go, you know, for a lateral move. Uh, Chris Kosarek's a, a Houston guy. He's a Texas guy. So if he wants to go, maybe you have to give him – maybe maybe D'Amico could give him the defensive coordinator position slash defensive line or something like that. Um, and, you know, what what would be not a lateral move, something that would be – but, you know, he wouldn't call plays still. It would still be D'Amico calling plays because I think Chris Kosarek has said he just wants to be a D-line coach, doesn't want to be a defense coordinator. Uh, I can't imagine Kyle wanting to let him go. Maybe assistant D-line coach Daryl Tapp would be the one. You know, he's probably due for a raise anyway. So maybe Daryl Tapp, I could see him bringing. Maybe you go from assistant D-line coach to now the D-line coach, implement that scheme over there for you with the Houston Texans. Um and Daniel Bullock's, you know, for the for the back end of the defense to implement things, right. and maybe you could make him, you could give it, he could be the the DB coach, but he could also be, um, you know, pass game specialist or something like that. There's 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 ways to give you raises and and bumps in your title, um, but for 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 any lateral moves, I'd be shocked if Kyle Shanahan wants to lose any more assistance, right? So he's probably going to fight to keep his guys and might not allow anybody to leave for a, a lateral move. So that's why I'm looking for guys who could sort of take the next step up under. Uh, under D'Amico Ryan's. I, I think you can, I mean, you can have Bullocks be the defensive coordinator and it could still be mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryan's defense. We've seen that with Kyle Shanahan where, yeah. all right, Mike McDaniel, you're the offensive coordinator, but it's still my offense. I still call the plays, but you, right. you get that title and you could do something like that. If there's someone where you're really good with, they've worked together so much front end, back end, man, this guy gets it. He deserves to be a defensive coordinator. I could see something like that happening. There is one other guy, Johnny Holland, who he's in his sixth season with the San Francisco 49ers, and he coaches the linebackers. So he could either go be another one that goes with D'Amico or, you know, somebody that potentially 49ers promote. But he's been coaching for a long, a long time. It looks like 35 years. And I actually tweeted his name out. And uh, a former coach, Ron Seleski, he knows a lot of coaches, uh, but, you know, we follow each other. He says Johnny Holland is supremely qualified and is a great human being. Uh, he'd be a great choice as defensive coordinator. So um, he has one person in his corner, at least. What about the and, other side of the ball, too, for D'Amico, right? I mean, he's going to be – what kind of offense is he going to be running there in Houston? Yeah. He's bring some guys from offense to implement that Kyle Shanahan scheme. There's And there's no real obvious candidates anymore for the 49ers to go on the offensive side of the ball. By the way, the uh, the linebacker coaches have been a nice little well for the 49ers because Sala yeah. and D'Amico, both ex-linebackers coaches. So Johnny, Johnny Holland, you know – in. If you're looking for an internal hire, maybe maybe Let's he is. Go. That's that's definitely worked. And they got some Next guys over up. there too. They they got some guys. Houston, this past draft class, 
Yeah. It, there were some really good building blocks. And now you oh. start off, you got some money, you got some, they got two first round picks. picks. I think the, the second overall pick and then the 12th overall pick, you, you got some picks as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has some nice stuff to get started. I would suggest, and I, and I like quarterback. I like, hey, go, Bryce Young, awesome. But man, I hate the thought of first year coaches hitching their wagon to a rookie quarterback that they draft yeah. really high. So if yeah. I'm them, hopefully somebody takes a quarterback at number one. Can we get Will Anderson from Alabama, put on mm-hmm. that defensive line, uh, and then maybe get a – they need a receiver. Maybe there's somebody that they really like at 12 or somebody on the O-line or maybe even in the interior defensive line continue to kind of build in the trenches and try to get a veteran quarterback. I don't know, name of Jimmy Garoppolo, number something 10. along those lines, or someone that can help us in this yeah. transition. But I do not like rookie rookie first-year head coaches going out and hitching their wagon to it. You see what happens in New York. Right with the New York Jets. Look at the situation they're in because Zach Wilson, and it's like, well, everything is predicated on Zach Wilson and how well he does, and and they're kind right. of spiraling. And it's like, dang, you look at that team; it's so well built, and things around him are good, not as good as like 49ers, but it's like, man, we we have to, you know, kind of see this out, and that's that's tough. You know, 49ers are in it. A much more better situation where, yeah, you could see it out through Trey Lance, but hey, we got this guy Brock Purdy who. Right. We can win a lot of games with. So, hey, if, if Trey Lance never ends up being who we want, that doesn't matter because, hey, Brock Purdy can play. But most most teams don't have that luxury when they have a quarterback that they draft in the top five. A couple more names here. Offensive side of the ball. Bobby Slowick is the passing game coordinator. Would he be the next man up for an OC type of promotion? Could I don't know if, if you know the Texans would want to go first-time head coach on charge of the defense, first time offensive coordinator, you know, then draft a rookie quarterback. I mean, that's a lot right. of, that's a lot of young potentially. And so they might want to go a more veteran route at offensive coordinator. Someone like Anthony Lynn, who's assistant head coach right now. And, um, and running backs coach, but I think offensive coordinator would be and a play caller would, would be something that uh, he would be allowed to go interview for and, and, and go make that jump to the Texans if Anthony Lynn, maybe as a veteran coach, would be a guy, a potential offensive coordinator, if he was to pluck that position from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Clay Kubiak, assistant quarterbacks coach now. He could become quarterbacks coach, something like that. You know, just some minor moves. Um, Here's one that he's not ready to be an offensive coordinator. He's only coached in the NFL for one year, but Brian Greasy could be a quick rising star in the NFL. And... Kyle might have to start giving him some new titles real soon if, if teams mm-hmm. start calling on him. You know, it's probably too soon for him to get plucked away this season. But another season, if 49ers keep having good quarterback play, Brian Greasy is going to start being a hot name. And if someone's going to offer him play calling duties, Kyle might not be able to do anything about it. Um, but we might see a bump in in what he's, his title is at some point very soon. One last wish, Winks wish watch to end the season. We all saw it. Wishnowski's the man. Four punts, three inside the 20. Great year. We got him locked up. He's coming back next year. There we go. I wonder if he could I wonder if he could throw. They should put him yeah. in quarterback just to see what happens. There. Maybe that's the new position they need to have punter slash third string quarterback. Right. Absolutely. Can they can they make it like it was in the day where the third quarterback, the emergency guy, doesn't oh, count against your your uh, should. your active roster because that that's just terrible. Oh, that's trash. They they, they got to bring that back. They, they absolutely yeah. have to bring that back. I think there's there's potentially some big rule changes that that we could see here because of what went down uh, mm-hmm. officiating wise and, and rules wise uh, in both games. 
uh, mm-hmm. during the AFC and NFC championship games. But we got to get out here today. All those topics to be considered at a later date. We'll have more news on what's going on with the 49ers coaching staff and, and team. If they lose players, we got to start looking at free agents, who the 49ers can bring back, who the 49ers might be able to bring into the organization. Of course, Croc is at Mobile, Alabama. We'll start talking a little bit of NFL draft, maybe some prospects for the 49ers as well. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Make sure you check out Peacock and Williamson, Locked On NFL Draft, everything going on on the Locked On Podcast Network. Croc and I back tomorrow. Locked On 49ers. See you.